Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Um, I am just waiting, and inshallah we'll be starting within the next uh, five minutes or one minute. So I'm just going to review my notes, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, everyone, Eid Mubarak. Um, I pray that this Eid, this Eid brought a lot of love, laughter, and happiness to everyone near and far, my family to yours, inshallah. Um, um, so, my name is uh, Shaquille Khan. I am the instructor at a college um, and I instruct uh, social services, mental health. Um, full-time and my part-time job is that I, I am a clinical youth worker and um, I've started my career a while ago <laughs> I can't remember exactly when but I started off in frontline work um, working with the vulnerable sector uh, specifically with uh, adults who are suffering from mental health issues and substance abuse issues and um, Inshallah, alhamdulillah, um, by the grace of God, I changed my focus and I focused with the youth. Um, I believe that youth are um, the generation of tomorrow. So what I did was I focused on working with youth who are suffering from addictions or, and or mental health. Um, and we classify them as at risk. So uh, what I wanted to do was to be in the process to help these young men and young women um, prosper in life. Um, so, um, Alhamdulillah, I had the opportunity to start working with MCC a little over, I believe in 2019, um, and at MCC what we're doing, um, specifically my team, um, my, my team like Sister Hira, Sister Nabila, Brother Khawar, Brother Jiand, uh, we focus specifically on addictions and mental health. Um, so what we're trying to do is make mental health, mental awareness, um, drug and alcohol, all these topics relevant within our households. And um, unfortunately, we're grow we've grown up um, not talking about these issues, um, not making these issues um, self-aware. And uh, inshallah, what we're trying to do, what, M what MCC is trying to do is giving Muslims and non-Muslims a space and a mindset to simply have that conversation. Um, I don't believe that if we ignore it, we're gonna, you know, it's gonna disappear. Um, addictions is real within the Muslim community. Mental health is as real within the Muslim community as well. So our job at MCC is to make this conversation relevant for everyone and give everyone, alhamdulillah, a good space to talk to. Um, there is a non-judgmental organization. Um, we serve uh, the homeless community, the youth community, um, refugees, immigrants, um, and the list, alhamdulillah, goes on. Uh, and I'm so humble and honored to be a part of such an amazing team. Uh, it is the team who makes me who I am, and I'm just so honored to have my team beside me, alhamdulillah. Um, all praises be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, for giving me the opportunity to speak to my community um, and may the peace and blessings be upon his beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and may we follow in his sunnah until the end of time. Ameen. Um, for, for everyone that knows, um, the world is going through a pandemic. Um, the pandemic being COVID-19. And... Uh, COVID-19 has shocked a lot of us, uh, myself included. Um, COVID-19 has stopped the world. Um, and alhamdulillah, it's given us an opportunity to think about what we can prioritize. Um, but the other side of COVID-19, um, as a mental health professional, I see that COVID-19 has also brought out a very negative aspect. Um, and specifically, the mental health issues have actually risen, have risen higher. Um, the mental abuse 
domestic abuse, suicide, um, financial worries, and even relapse have all been present and if anything higher than abnormal than normal and with isolation and with not being able to socialize or go to the masjid or go see your doctor or even being able to hang out with your friends all these things can really stress out a human being so the topic i want to talk about is burnout and self-care before we can help anyone, before we can help my, your friends, your siblings, your loved ones, you know, your, your animals, we must understand how we are being affected. And when I was asked, okay, Shaquille, what topic do you want to talk about? My mind went simply to my professor back in university and she was telling me that when an airplane is about to crash, you must supply oxygen to yourself first before you go and help anyone else. So when, and I thought about this and I instantly wanted to talk about burnout and self-care because in a world where we're so forward and wanting to help everyone, we tend to forget about ourselves, right? In the airplane analogy I just gave, how effective would we be if we're not even breathing properly, but we're trying to help our loved ones. We wouldn't be as effective. So the same scenario here, the same situation. How effective can we be if we are not um, taking care of ourselves, but we're taking care of others? We're not as effective. So this is why I talked about burnout and self-care because this topic is all about you. It's all about me. It's not about anyone else. It's not about your loved ones. It's literally, I'm only talking to you so that you can better help yourself. And once you, alhamdulillah, help yourselves, then you can help others. So, burnout and self-care. What is burnout? There's many definitions we can talk about, many examples of burnout. Burnout, in layman terms here, is just stress. It's talking about stress. It's basically emotional fatigue, um, emotional drainness, right? Um, and just being, I guess, in some way also hopeless. So that is what burnout is. And how, and one thing that I wanna talk about in regards to burnout is how taboo it is within our community. Um, I come from the Indian uh, Pakistani community and we don't really talk about self-awareness. We don't talk about self-care. And nevertheless, do we ever talk about what's actually bothering us? What happens is, is that we actually internalize all of our issues and we never outwardly express it. And when we outwardly express it, unfortunately, it comes out a little bit too harsh. Um, bridges are burnt and we tend to affect ourselves and others. So what I want to do today and what I want to talk about today is how, what is burnout and how can we help and how can you help yourself? So like I said earlier, burnout is stress. Burnout can be dealing with trauma, dealing with emotional fatigue. An example of this would be working nine to five, you know, going to a job that you potentially don't even really like and then coming back home and then being a mom, and then being a dad, and your life is work, 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 work. And what happens is, is that when all these stresses accumulate, we internalize it, thus resulting in being drained out, thus resulting in being, becoming hopeless, thus resulting in becoming burnt out. Think of a candle. When you light up a candle, and if you slowly see it, it goes down, down, down the, the wax, and then it just goes away. Right? So that's exactly how humans are. And one of the things that affects burnout or affects humans is, you know, we have things like financial stress. Financial stress is a big one. Personally speaking, I fear for financial stress. We have other stresses like people, you know, our relationships with our loved ones, right? Sometimes people may cause a lot of emotional trauma and emotional, um, you know, feelings. And nevertheless, we talk about uh, uh, what burnout also, uh, how it's caused is by lack of sleep and lack of nutrition. 
when you're constantly stressed out, and I don't know, this is just me personally speaking here, but when you're constantly stressed out, your mind keeps on running. It keeps on going. Even when you're sleeping, it keeps on going. And when you wake up, you feel more tired, although you had 10 hours or 15 hours of sleep, you're, you're still, still in a state of fatigue. These are signs of burnout. And my job and what MCC is trying to do is make it aware of exactly what are the signs and what are you going through. Um, another bad uh, habit um, in regards to burnout is people tend to eat unhealthy when they're stressed out. I know for me specifically, um, when I'm stressed out, a great bowl of cereal is amazing. It uh, really fills that void. But what I'm noticing is that every time that I'm stressing out, I'm always eating a bowl of cereal. And if I'm and I'm not just eating a bowl of cereal, I'm eating probably nine bowls of cereal. And I'm realizing that it's not good for my health. It's not good for my physical health and nevertheless my emotional health. Um, so when we talk about burnout, we have to understand exactly the signs to it. Um, another thing uh, in regards to burnout is how it lies dormant in our bodies. So for example, when we touch our muscles, if we go to um, a masseuse or if someone, a loved one is giving you a massage and they always say to you, oh wow, your muscles are very tense. These, this is also another sign of burnout. Um, when we talk about emotional fatigue, specifically speaking, um, emotional fatigue actually stays within our body and if not expressed properly, it shows in different ways. So like I said earlier, we, it uh, shows in regards to lack of sleep. We can't sleep properly, but nevertheless, it also shows in our body, right? Muscle tension, muscle tension and um, high stresses. So these are some things that you can think about. Okay, um, am I feeling a little bit tensed? Okay, if I am feeling tense, why am I feeling so tense? Um, when burnout is unchecked, and this is something that is really unfortunate for a lot of people, um, when you don't become self-aware, burnout will actually, you will not understand what burnout is. You will not understand what emotional fatigue is. We're constantly working, 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 and we don't even understand why um, we're feeling so drained out. So. As a, as a mental health pro professional, one of the things that I tell my client is, it's okay to breathe. It's okay to relax. It's okay to understand who you are. One of the assignments that I gave to my students, and they actually had a hard time um, talking about this. And the assignment was, who are you? And what is, how do you think people perceive you? A lot of them put their hands up, Shaquille, I don't know. Who I am, um, you know, I'm always focusing on others. Um, I don't know what stresses me out. I don't even know what makes me happy. We're constantly focusing on on work, on family issues, marital issues, financial issues, um, but we don't focus on us ourselves. So when I ask my students exactly, okay, what do you like? What makes you happy? It took some time to actually. Um, establish that understanding and this is a classroom of 30 people i can only imagine how this has affected everyone in general um when we another thing um and this is unfortunate in a lot of minority cultural groups is we don't have the time to actually focus on ourselves um an experiment on what I did in my classroom was I asked all the single mothers, everyone who's a single mother, please put your hands up. So half my class, alhamdulillah, put their hands up. And I asked them all a very unique question. What do you do when you are feeling stressed out? How do you take care of yourself when you're feeling stressed out? All of them actually laughed at me. Shaquille, what are you talking about? <laughs> we don't get a break. You know, being a single mom, there's, we have to constantly work, 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 work. And this was something that 
was so profound because Alhamdulillah, single mothers are absolutely amazing. And when you put the pressure on them as to who are you or asking who they are, they don't really have an answer because they're so fixated and so overcome by working for everyone else and working for the children and working for whatever the situation is, but they don't really understand who they are. So to understand burnout, you have to understand yourself. To understand how your body reacts to stress, you must need to know exactly who you are. When I'm stressed out, my muscles become tense, my left eye tends to twitch, I get migraines, and I have immense amount of naps. I go through, sometimes when my work is done, I just take a nap and it's like a coma at this point because my mind is so overworked, my mind is so overcome. And something that, and this is something that I've learned about myself. It wasn't an easy task. I'm not saying that, okay, tomorrow you're gonna know about this, right? This is something that we must know about ourselves. What upsets me? How does my body react to stress? And how can I better myself? Um, and how exactly do we better ourselves? Simple. Well, not really simple, but Alhamdulillah, self-care. What does self-care do? If I were to ask everyone that's watching right now or who will be watching later on is what do you exactly do to take care of yourself? Think about that for a second. What do you do to take care of yourself? When you're stressed out after long days of work, when you're stressed out after an argument, when you're stressed out about your children or whatever the situation is, what are you doing to take care of yourself? You know, coming from the Hindustani and Pakistani community, um, we don't really talk about ourselves. We're, we're there, alhamdulillah, to take care of our respected elders and our respected young. But when it comes to ourselves, we're, we're very uh, restrained. We're very unaware. And um, this is something that myself, I'm trying to break this trend and let everyone know that it's okay to take a breather. It's okay to relax. The world is not going to stop if you just say, you know what, today is a me day, right? Self-care is very unique to a lot of people. Self-care for me is I go to the gym. I love boxing. I love painting, right? Self-care for uh, my friends is, you know, hanging out with one another, playing video games, you know, having a good conversation. Or for other people, reading, right? So when... After this, this um, talk, inshallah, think about this to yourself. What makes you happy? And if, you're, if this thing makes you happy, how often are you doing it? And if you're not doing it as often, why are you not doing it as often? Right? So this self-care really talks about um, taking care of oneself. Um, working with drug and alcohol youth, uh, youth who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, um, I've realized that a lot of my clients that come to me are people who have not practiced self-care. People who have repressed a lot of their traumas, a lot of their emotions, and they let out their stress in different kinds of ways. One of my clients, um, whenever I see him, I see him on the, uh, occasionally, but when I was a full-time worker, um, I realized that every day, Monday to Friday, um, we would talk about him and how exactly uh, has his stress, uh, his stress accumulated. And one thing that I realized is that when you don't address your stress, when you do not address your stress after a long period of time, I'm not talking about two or three days after an argument. I'm talking about constantly regret, uh, uh, repressing this stress and then that stress and then this stress and then that stress. What happens is after a long period of time, your body will show it in a different kind of way and in your mind, nevertheless, will show it in a different kind of way. And unfortunately, after having this conversation with this my client, I realized that when he was talking about all the trauma that he was going through and all the emotional distress that this person was going through, he didn't have an opportunity to actually express himself. And because he didn't have an opportunity, he then resulted into gang violence. 
to find a sense of belonging. He then resulted into drugs and alcohol to find a sense of feeling. He then resulted into isolation because he didn't want to deal with the world. And what's happening with COVID-19 as well is that the exact same thing is happening because the whole world has shut down. That is a fact. Everything has shut down. And if you have to go somewhere, you got to stand six feet apart, wear a mask and go from there. And alhamdulillah, we have to take the proper measures to make sure that the curve flattens. But within this pandemic, within this pandemic, people are stuck in a, in a terrible mindset because they cannot move forward. They cannot practice self-care. When the masjids opened, the masjids opened a little, I think almost two months ago now or a little over a month ago. And the amount of happiness that I saw the community when they, saw, when they heard the adhan, when they heard the masjid doors open, they were so happy because that was their self-care. You know, when the gyms opened, you know, that everyone, like everyone that goes to the gyms, that was their self-care. Everyone's self-care is going to be unique. I can't tell you how to feel. I cannot tell you what's going to make you happy. That is up to you to know. We can handle have a conversation. But this is why it's so important to be mindful and to be aware of when you're feeling stressed out and what can you do to make it happen. What can you do to make it better? Um, when we talk about self-care, I can't help but think about the Prophet Muhammad and exactly what did he do for self-care. The Prophet ﷺ, before Nabuwa came, before he became a messenger, he would always go to the mountain, right? We always talk about the mountain where he got the first revelation, Ikra, right? Read. Um, but he would go to the mountain and just sit there. He would just sit there and just reflect on his life. Reflect on what the purpose of his life is and what he can do better for his community. Right? Um, and when things were becoming when he was gaining a lot of tension, when he was gaining a lot of stress, when he was gaining a lot of, I guess you can say, interpersonal um, issues, right? He would go and retreat and go on a, and just sit in this mountain and just reflect on life, right? We need to emulate that sunnah into our life. It is so important to feel when we do not feel, when we do not internalize our emotional feelings or understand that we're stressed out, it will come out in a very negative way. When we talk about burnout, right? We talk about exactly what does it do to the mind? Simple. What it does to the mind is that it stresses out the human being and once the mind is stressed out, our muscles become more contracted, our, we become more tense and nevertheless, once we become more burnt out and more stressed out, untreated burnt out, we then have heart issues, high blood pressure. Burnout can lead to things like diabetes. Burnout can lead to things like uh, high blood pressure. Burnout, when untreated, can lead to very severe mental health issues like depression. Burnout has led to an immense amount of suicides amongst youth, amongst adults, because it was untreated. Because a lot of people don't ever recognize that, hey, I'm feeling a little bit upset. Hey, I'm not really feeling good about myself. Or I'm feeling tired, but I don't know why. In regards to young men, we always talk, we, we grew up in a society where we tell our young men, boys don't cry. Boys don't cry. And to be tough, to be a strong man, is to hold your emotions in your chest and never let the world see. That is the biggest injustice that you can ever do to any human being. And when we talk about putting on pressure amongst young men, men, men we have this ideology and this belief, this facade, that men have to work super hard. Men have to work for 30 people within the family just to make sure it ends meet. And that stress 
is very hard for someone to deal with, especially if you're a man and you have to fend for, you have to be the breadwinner amongst your family. That, that aspect of what does it mean to be a man? And if you're not, and if a man who is crying, a man who is, who is expressing his emotions, a man who is being somewhat emotional or in tune with his emotions, this is not actually classified as a man. That is the biggest hocus pocus I've ever heard. Because what makes you a man, what makes you a human is to understand who you are, is to understand yourself. A lot of men do not want to talk about their feelings because it's not manly to talk about it. A lot of men don't want to have that emotional talk because it's not manly to talk about it. It is such an injustice. When we look at the Prophet ﷺ, when we look at his lifestyle, was he a man where he, when he felt something, he just internalized it and never let his Sahabas know? The Sahabas know? No. He let the world know, he let his community know that this is what's upsetting him. He let his community know that I am human and I feel emotions. When they were going on an expedition, the, the Prophet and his companions, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when they were going on an expedition, the Prophet stopped at this area and he began to cry and weep. And he began to feel emotions. And he, this, the, in the narrations, they said that the Sahabas, when he was crying, it was like he couldn't even catch his breath. He was wailing that much, alayhi salatu wasalam. And when they asked him, Ya Rasulullah, what exactly is it? <coughs> Excuse me. Ya Rasulullah, why are you crying so much? And he said, my mother is buried here. And I miss my mom. His mother passed away at the age of six. His mother passed away at the age of six and he still felt this emotional connection. And a lot of us, when trauma or trials or tribulations hit us, as men we are not expressing how we feel. It is so important to express how you feel and when you feel it. Obviously be mindful, be, don't be disrespectful, but to say, hey, you know what, I was a little bit uncomfortable when you said that to me. Or hey, um, um, I don't find it um, fair that, um, that you were talking like this. Thank you so much. I'm going to get passionate, my throat becomes dry, apparently. Um, but we need to break this aspect of toxic masculinity. That men are not allowed to cry. Men are not allowed to show emotion. You know, the highest amount of suicide rates are within men. When we talk about mental health issues, you know, we focus on men. Right? And this is something that we, myself, and my team members, what we're trying to do is make a safe space for men to come and talk. And talk about issues that are bothering them. With no judgment. Because... Honor and integrity and respect are something that us, us, us men and us humans that we take very seriously. So what we're trying to do at MCC is make sure that we're giving them a safe space, alhamdulillah, and let them know exactly that, you know what, anything you say or do is confidential and that you're not going to be judged in any kind of way. We're here to help you, alhamdulillah. Moving forward, I do want to share, turn my focus on now females. And... I cannot, I am so honored to have my mother in my life. I'm so honored to have these positive role models in my life. Like my sister, my grandmother, my wife, my mother-in-law, you know, my cousins, alhamdulillah, my friends. And one thing that females, and I, and this is, a very superhero-like mentality, a superhero-like mentality, is it's okay to take a, a break. It's okay to just relax. It's okay to say, you know what? Today I'm feeling a little bit tired. Today I'm feeling a little bit exhausted. I'm just gonna be, and I'm gonna do some self-care. Females, please. It's okay to, to just take a break. 
a lot of my uh, female youth and a lot of my female students um, that I work with always tell me that I feel bad when I'm not doing something. If I, if I take care of myself, I feel bad. And this is just a sign, like this is just a little sign for me that the person that feels like this is someone that gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. So when they do something for themselves, it feels a little bit abnormal. It feels a little bit like, this doesn't feel right, this feels weird. Sisters, my beloved sisters, that weird feeling is normal. That weird feeling is absolutely needed. It's okay to take care of yourself. The world will not stop. Okay? Um, some things that we can do to practice self-care, we always talk about breathing. Um, next week, inshallah, we'll talk a lot about breathing, mindfulness, and so on and so forth. But breathing really plays a very big role in your stress levels. Um, breathing, exercising, eating healthy. You know, we tend to go to a fast food restaurant and grab a burger here and there. Um, we tend to go straight to the sweets because we have these cravings. If we constantly do these things all the time, these unhealthy habits, our bodies will, sh it will show in our bodies. Cortisol builds up in our body. We have, we have heart issues, diabetic issues, all because of, well, not all because of, but a lot of it due to um, unhealthy eating habits because of stress eating. We call it stress eating. Um, so it's very important to understand who you are, understand what stresses you out, and understand what makes you happy. Um, and one of my uh, role models, alhamdulillah, um, and I always like bringing him up in my talk and even in my classrooms, my students are so annoyed by this, uh, but it's okay, is I love talking about the therapist, the American psychologist, uh, Carl Rogers. And uh, Carl Rogers talks about client-centered therapy or per person-centered therapy. Uh, he uses a non-judgmental um, point of view and allows the client to guide the counseling uh, session um, for themselves and Carl Rogers um, when I think of his his methodology when I think of his ideology in regards to counseling and psychology I can't help but think about the Prophet and what he did right so something that Carl Rogers focuses on is allowing the client to be the master of their own lives another thing that Carl Rogers talks about is giving unconditional positive regard to people in other words what he talks about is that he believes, he genuinely believes that everyone is potentially, has good in them. And I strongly believe this. doesn't matter exactly what you did and how you did it and when you did it. I honestly believe, and this is the, my, the mission statement of MCC as well, is that as doesn't matter what you did and how you did it and when you did it. Alhamdulillah, you still have good in your heart. And there's still hope. One of the things that burnout has caused with a lot of Muslim youth is emotional and spiritual numbness. That because I committed this sin, because I did this to that person, because I'm so, I'm just a negative component to society, Allah will never forgive me. And when you have that mindset, you then, to be, you then begin in negative self-talk. And when you begin in negative self-talk, you have negative outcomes. If I believe, if I, I did a test recently, and I was so afraid, like if I um, do this, if I fail, um, I'm gonna be a, a failure, or um, I was just constantly talking bad about myself. And what happened was the results weren't as what I expected, I, uh, or what I hoped for. I actually didn't do great on the test. And, and when I asked myself, Shaquille, what exactly, why, why, where, where did you go wrong? And it was because I didn't believe in myself. So what Carl Rogers, Alhamdulillah, what he does and what the Prophet does is he gives people the motivation, the power, 
the empowerment to believe in their, themselves. So one of the things that he talks about in his, um, in his elements of counseling, um, he talks about genuineness. You have to be genuine to help these clients. So I'm going to turn this around and we're going to use his elements and his principles of counseling and we're going to use it for ourselves. And what does he talk about? Genuineness. It is so important to be genuine with ourselves, to be honest with ourselves, to be honest with ourselves in a way where we are, we're understanding that, you know what, I could have acted better or, um, you know what, it's okay to feel a certain kind of way, to be genuine, be a genuine human being to yourself, to accept your faults and focus on your uh, focus or motivate yourself to um, do better inshallah to be genuine in that kind of way he then talks about positive regard and I want to take a little pause here on positive regard because we are so before anyone in the world before your mother before your friends before your animals before your pets the biggest person that can harm you is yourself because there's a little thing in counseling counseling we talk about is negative self-talk how you talk to yourself and if you talk to yourself in a negative way you will have negative outcomes so it is so important to have positive regard to unconditionally love yourself to unconditionally know who you are and better yourself the more that you talk negative about yourself, the worse it's gonna get. And then if you, and what happens is that when you talk negative about yourself, when good does come your way, you believe you say to yourself, "Oh, I don't deserve that. Why is this even happening to me? Why exactly do I? Why, why did I get something so good? This isn't too. This is too good to be true. I know that this is not gonna. This is not gonna last for a long time. This is all negative self-talk. We must men, women, children, everyone." We must practice in positive regard. We must practice in loving ourselves first. We must put oxygen in ourselves when the airplane is crashing so that we can help everyone. If you do not love yourself, how can you, how can you help and love others? It is so important to give yourself, give yourself that pat on the back. Talk to yourself in a positive kind of way and acknowledge that you are an amazing human being and that you have accomplished so much in your life. Inshallah. Empathy. It's so important to be empathetic simply because we need to put ourselves in other shoes and understand, okay, well, if I don't, if, um, when we talk about empathy, the best way to explain it is, yes, putting yourself in other shoes and looking at life in a different perspective. Right? So we want to also have different outlooks on life. And then the last part here, and I want to spend a little bit of time on this, is accepting negative emotions. And this is how I'm going to wrap up the entire talk, is accepting negative emotions. For those who don't know, my father passed away um, a little over a month ago. And even till this day, I'm finding it a very hard time to actually accept the fact that he's not here. And what I've realized is when we do not accept negative emotions, we're in a state of delusion and denial. So what I'm figuring out, and I'm in the process of doing this. this is, I'm not talking to you as someone higher or someone loyal, a lower. I'm looking at you right eye level. I'm all, I also have a hard time when it comes to accepting negative thoughts. And I have to understand the fact that he's not here no more. And how am I going to move on with life? And alhamdulillah, by accepting that I'm in a negative mindset, then, I, then comes recovery. Then comes solutions. But if I cannot accept the fact that I'm thinking or in a negative kind of way, then there's no way that you can help me. Because we can, when you go to the doctor's office, when you go see a, 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 a mental health professional, when you, when, if the doctor cannot diagnose the illness that you're going through, 
you cannot gain, you cannot get better. If the mental health professional is not understanding and you're not understanding and accepting the fact that you're feeling in a negative kind of way, we cannot help you. It is through self-acceptance that we can help ourselves. So it's so important to accept negative emotions, accept the fact that, you know what, I'm feeling a little bit down today. You know what, that conversation really did upset me. You know what, um, I did go through some trauma in my life and it is bothering me till this day. Because once we accept this, alhamdulillah, we can, that's the first step to recovery. One of the things that um, my clients, um, we always talk about is accepting um, our faults and accepting that we, we can do better. And accepting that, you know, life isn't the fairest. So we have, we, I run these uh, group therapy sessions and we talk about just how we can do better. And alhamdulillah, when you're vulnerable, and you let down all your guards, the realness comes out. The real you comes out. And it, amazing conversations since come from this. So something that I would strongly recommend for a lot of people is to, if you feel like you can't just outwardly express how you feel, please find that person that you trust and you love and go talk to them about exactly how you feel. Hey, you know, um, been in a very sad state recently um, I just need someone to talk to um, and this is something that we as mental health professionals uh, we really want to talk about we really emphasize is ex um, is expressing how you feel expressing how you feel in a non-judgmental light um, this is a very prophetic um, sunnah as well is to Talk about how you feel. Obviously, be very uh, respectful. You know, if someone uh, wronged you or this and that, then obviously you don't want to uh, talk to them in a negative kind of way. But you know, alhamdulillah, we're adults, or I would hope that we're all adults, and that um, we want to, you know, talk about our feelings in a respectful and healthy manner. Um, alhamdulillah, MCC has given me the opportunity to talk about something so needed and so um, dire uh, within our Muslim community um, and something that I really want to leave everyone off with uh, before I leave alhamdulillah is how can we develop healthy coping mechanisms and how can we develop healthy healthy coping mechanisms um, working with youth and working with adults and mental health and addictions we tend to find that their coping mechanisms may be drug and alcohol um, I have this belief, um, this methodology, um, is that alcohol and drugs is not the issue. It's the solution to their problems. So my job as a mental professional and my job at MCC is to go inside your brain and understand what is causing you, what is, why do you want to drink? What are you trying to cover up? What are you trying to not acknowledge? That is my job. So it's really important that yes, coping mechanisms can be a negative thing as well. So what we're trying to do here is give, make a platform for people to develop healthy coping mechanisms. So something that we can go home with and um, talk about and maybe even practice is take an hour of the day, go for a walk, go for a walk, an hour of the day, um, you know, make something for yourself to eat, something that you genuinely love. Um, an hour of the day, maybe do some stretches, go for a run, um, an hour of the day, um, you know, go, uh, you know, uh, talk to someone that you haven't talked to in a while and just have like that emotional, interpersonal connection, alhamdulillah. Um, insha <clears throat> inshallah, then and only then, inshallah, uh, may we pros uh, prosper. Um, MCC, um, we are open 24 hours a day. Um, we are dealing with a lot of mental health issues, homeless issues, and these are issues that we are addressing every single day. Um, and the more awareness, the better. Um, Alhamdulillah, thank you so much, everyone, for giving me the opportunity to speak, and thank you so much for giving the, uh, for lending an ear. Um, and if I've said anything that I've said to you, um, that's simply from me. I'm in my wrongdoings, and if. I said something that was good and made you smile. Just know that all good comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, with that being said, everyone, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi 
Wabarakatuhu. I'm going to now um, take time for the Q&As because I feel that a lot of people um, have questions about how could they better help themselves or uh, what if they feel like they're, um, they feel bad when they're taking care of themselves. So exactly what can we do, inshallah. Um, how do we do this? So, I've got a few questions here. Just wait to have it just right there. So if you want to just put it right there and I'll read them out. Um, okay, so one of the questions that we got here is, what are some methods for seniors practicing self-care? So, this is actually a really interesting one, for sure, because um, when we talk about seniors, alhamdulillah, respected elders, but also the vulnerable sector as well, right? Um, so, when we talk about helping seniors is um, we got to understand something when your mind is in a negative mindset unfortunately your body will also be in a negative mindset so inshallah alhamdulillah um, when helping seniors practice self-care is giving them the time and day to vocalize how they feel um, giving them the time of day to um, you know um, express uh, how they feel and more importantly too um, with seniors what I'm finding very interesting is that the old alhamdulillah the older that you get um, the wiser that you are but the more time that they want to spend with their loved ones. So one thing that I realized and one thing that my students realized and a lot of my close friends realized is that you mean something. You as an individual mean something to someone. And sometimes your presence, the presence of you being there is simply therapeutic for someone. So specifically with our respected elders, we want to talk, we want to spend more time with them. We want to go and hang out with them and just be with them. You don't have to, you know, we don't have to engage in like the craziest conversations or we don't have to like, you know, make them dinner. But Alhamdulillah, if they see that you're there making the effort, that alone can help them a lot because it's, it's become, they, they are a very vulnerable um, sector of society and we want to preserve them as much as we can, Alhamdulillah. And if we can, uh, if we are a part of their preservations, then inshallah, we should be practicing this as well. So thank you for that question. Um, what are what are the benefits of practicing self-care? So, um, like I said earlier, self-care is very unique in a lot of people. Um, for my benefit, what I like to do is I like to do a lot of boxing. Um, so, uh, working out in boxing is how I let out my stress. Painting is another thing too that I love doing. Um, and I, I do a lot of photography and I write a lot of poetry. And um, this allows my body and my mind to constantly think, but in a positive kind of way. So when you think positively and when you practice self-care, the benefits of this is that your brain actually thinks better. It, your brain creates different pathways to, th um, to think better, right? Like I said earlier today, um, negative self-talk. Self if you have negative self-talk, then you have negative outcomes. But if you think positively, alhamdulillah, you will also have positive outcomes. And one of the studies that I like to talk about in regards to this um, negative, uh, positive thinking, um, because it's a whole psychology just about positive thinking. We talk about motivational interviewing and uh, empowerment and uh, client-centered therapy. But one of the studies that was so profound to me was there was a group of 20 people and they conducted the study. A group of 20 people and um, they all were to play basketball so they split the group in 10 so 10 here 10 there uh, this group group a was to practice basketball every single day dribble 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 shoot shoot layup slam dunk right LeBron James alhamdulillah. and um, so they would practice day and night seven days a week eat sleep repeat and then we had group B who also practiced but not to the severity as group A but what group B did was they believed, they visualized winning. They visualized holding the trophy in their hand. They visualized getting that fadeaway shot and hitting the buzzer beater. They visualized it. They put themselves in the perspective of what it means to win. So when they had that one-on-one -on -one match, group A, group A versus group B, group B won. 
the group that thought positively about the win, that thought about uh, winning, that visualized the trophy and the buzzer beater shot, this group won. And simply why? Because they thought about, po- they had positive thinking patterns. And when you have positive thinking patterns, what happens is that you have a positive outcome. You have things like motivation ha- uh, within your body, self empowerment, right? Change. So this is so important when we talk about practicing self-care is to also think in a positive kind of way just simply about yourself, inshallah. I hope that answers the question. Can you really change your uh, mindset by thinking positively? Alhamdulillah, yes you can. Um, like I said, on the biological brain level, on the just the psychological level, the more that you think positively, the better the outcomes are. Um, and alhamdulillah, when we are more optimistic in life, um, what happens is, is that we have a better um, outlook. Uh, specifically, working with uh, recovering alcoholics, uh, people who are uh, suffering from um, SUDs, substance uh, use disorders, um, when we conduct our recovery groups, um, we always talk about positive thinking. We always talk about giving them a sense of being and a sense of understanding. And um, we always talk about what life would be like if you were sober. And when they visualize that, alhamdulillah, the outcomes are good. There was a study that recently says that people who practice spirituality, uh, people who have uh, who are optimistic, have a higher chance of not relapsing uh, versus someone who is not, who doesn't have spirituality or who doesn't um, practice in positive, uh, positive self-talk. So alhamdulillah, I hope that answers your question. The next question here is, if you don't have motivation to do anything, does that make you a bad Muslim? No, 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 absolutely not. Um, if you don't have motivation to um, to do something productive, like maybe go to work, uh, pray Salah, um, or you know go to family functions or all that kind of stuff, you're just kind of isolating yourself. Um, something that I would do, um, something that I wouldn't do, but I would. Um, request you to do if you're someone that is suffering from this is to please um, seek help seek reach out for help uh, reach out for support sorry it's a better way to say it reach out for support and let the person know that hey I'm not feeling so great so someone that you trust alhamdulillah um, a lot of my clients come up to me and say Shaq hey um, I just don't feel like getting out of bed I don't I don't want to and this is so sad, but they'll say, like, I don't want to be alive. I don't feel the need to get out of bed because if I get out of bed, um, that means that the world is just, then it becomes a reality. So something that I do with my clients that feel this kind of way is that at that moment, when they feel depressed, sad, anxious, anxiety, is when my ears become louder and more coherent and understanding and listen and my mouth just shuts we have two ears one mouth listen more talk less i ask my clients all the time why don't you feel motivated what is it about why what is it about getting out of your bedroom that's scaring you how are you feeling and they just talk and what they realize and when they come back to me a year later and say you know that conversation that we had really changed me really helped me so if you know someone or you are someone that is, who is not feeling a sense of motivation, please um, talk to someone that you trust. Um, I'm Cecil, alhamdulillah. Um, we're here to always listen to you. Um, and we're always here to give you the best support possible, inshallah. Um, and no, it doesn't make you a bad Muslim. Um, this is such a negative um, projection that our community has put on us. Is that if I'm not praying, if I'm not performing my salah or um, you know whatever anything our fard right um, one of the things that we don't want to say and one of the things that I don't like to say to people is well if you pray then your problems are going to go away I don't I don't think that that's that's not a good enough answer um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us many of different solutions in regards to feeling out to decrease or take away emotional numbness and um one of my good friends was just talking to me about this we had a good conversation about this alhamdulillah and he said okay Shaquille when you are 
when you're stuck in the middle of a highway, you're maybe a mile away from the nearest gas station and you have no gas left, are you just going to sit there and just pray and just hope that the gla the, that gas is just going to be in the car? Absolutely not. You're going to pray, alhamdulillah, but you're also going to put in the footwork, right? So a lot of the people within the community, we tend to just say, okay, pray, and then if you didn't pray, then that's why your problems are. That's a very dangerous mindset. It's basically saying the reason why that you're feeling la lack of motivation is because you're putting this on yourself. And if you pray, then all these problems are going to go away. No, no. We need to have more interpersonal connections. We need to not judge people because this is a very judgmental mindset. It's basically saying that, oh, the reason why you're in a terrible situation is because you're not being a proper Muslim. And when you say that, especially with youth, young youth specifically, when you say this to young people, what happens is that their view of Allah is negative. Their view of the Prophet is negative. We make the Prophet seem, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we make him seem so unreachable or unattainable. So um, one thing that I like to do with my youth or my halakha groups is to um, make the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as human as possible. To talk about how he went through stress and what did he do, right? Um, so this is something, inshallah, that we can all practice. And please, if you know someone that is suffering from any issues like this, support them, do not judge them. Um, the next question here is uh, talking about, am I feeling sick because of burnout? So like I said earlier in these conversations, uh, in this uh, little talk here, is um, can you become sick uh, because of burnout? I'm not a physician in any kind of way. I'm not a doctor in any kind of way. But the studies that I've re uh, I have read, the books that I have written, I'm uh, not written, sorry, I have read, sorry, and the um, and what I'm teaching, we always talk about how mental health can cause physical health. And um, so, uh, for example, if you're suffering from burnout, um, go see a doctor. Go see a doctor and talk about... Um, Talk about your symptoms, your signs. But as a mental health professional, I will tell you this, is that if you are constantly stressed out, um, your heart's going to feel it. And not in a metaphorical kind of way, but in a high blood pressure kind of way, uh, thus causing um, a potential, uh, you're now at high risk for a heart attack. Uh, if you're someone who is having bad eating habits, um, you could lead, it could lead to diabetes. So... Um, can burnout lead to sicknesses? Absolutely. Um, and if you're constantly stressed out, um, your body will show it in different kind of ways, like nausea, tension, and hypertension, and all that kind of stuff too. Um, but like I said, I'm not a doctor. So please, um, if you are feeling sick um, and you are feeling stressed out, please go see a doctor. Chances are the doctors will say that you need to start st stressing less. Um, one of the things that, like when I know my body is actually... Um, like breaking down on me, I guess you can say, um, is when I start getting migraines. Um, and so when I went to go speak to my um, neurologist, um, he told me how am I sleep, uh, um, how often am I sleeping, what do I do for work, um, what's my eating habits like, and what exactly, um, and how often am I actually physically active. And when I told him my answer, he was like, this is exactly why you're getting migraines. So this is um, so important to um, understand um, our bodies. Our bodies are basically, uh, when we're feeling sick, uh, when we're feeling um, emotional, or when we're feeling, I guess you can say, a sense, a, a, like sick in general, um, our bodies, alhamdulillah, have a very unique way to tell us that um, we are, you need to take care of me. And one of my ways that my body tells me that you need to take a break is I get a migraine and um, so alhamdulillah I hope that answers your question um, last one here I believe what if you can um, so the last question here is what if you can't make the time for self-care uh, this is a very um, like I said a very unique question because everyone's schedules are different everyone's um, Time frames are different. We have different responsibilities. Some of us have children. Some of us have to go to work. Some of us, alhamdulillah, we have responsibilities and priorities. Um, but something that I think that we should be prioritizing more 
is our um, is ourselves, is our mind. Um, you know, when we have kids, you know, we go to work and then we come back home, and that alone is another job, right? So, um, like I said earlier, is to find that support network um, and to you know voice exactly like how you feel, um, or to take that hour or thirty minutes of the day just to go for a walk or do something that you like. Um, you know, we, Alhamdulillah, we have a brain. Um, we make options and choices in our lives. So it's really important to pro make the proper choices and to understand exactly when we're feeling sad and how we're feeling sad. And um, just really uh, take that time out for self-care. Um, growing up with a, uh, for, by a single mother, uh, Alhamdulillah, there was a lot of times um, that I know some my mother wasn't taking care of herself. Um, a lot of my students who are single mothers as well, there's a lot of times where they don't take care of themselves. So it's really important to really find out exactly what you like and practice that. Um, and inshallah, if we think more positively and then more positive outcomes will come, inshallah. Um, with that being said, I believe that is all for the Q&A. Um, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for um, lending an ear and I hope that and I pray that inshallah that what I have said you can use it for other people and really try to um, better ourselves um, sometimes life can get in the way where we don't take care of ourselves and sometimes life may get in the way where we don't even know that our bodies are slowly crippling so homework for everyone inshallah until next week Sunday is to Understand who you are. Look in the mirror. Ask yourself these questions. Who am I? What am I? Why am I here? And once we are more self-aware, mindful of our existence, it is then and only then we can understand exactly what's bothering us and how we can help ourselves, inshallah. Um, with that being said, um, Assalamu alaikum uh, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and Eid Mubarak to everyone. And I pray that everyone is staying safe, please social distance and wear masks and respect and love everyone as possible. Um, salam, uh, goodbye. Um, how do I?